of discipleship and what he was trying to issue in. I'm going to give you the scripture uh, first so you can get ahead before I beat you. I'm going to be coming from Matthew chapter 8. It's going to be my, uh, one of my, my first points and stay in there. Um, and then I'm going to do Isaiah chapter 61, uh, verse 1. And then the last one is going to be the book of Job, chapter 38. And I'm going to hop around the book of Job. But you can stay in 38 or you can stay in chapter 40, verse 4 through 5. Once again, starting off in Matthew, taking a journey here. Matthew chapter 8. Um, then Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. And then I'll be landing, hopefully, in Job chapter 38, verse 40. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you, we praise you. Lord, we just pray, Lord God, for this word, that, that you would speak in not me, that you would hide me, Lord God, that you would protect my voice so everyone will be able to hear, not only to hear, but to understand, God, even for myself, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, for uh, the gathering today, Lord God, the communion today, as we partake in, in discipleship right now, Lord God, the preaching and the issuing of the word and the going forth, but the going forth in the word, activating the word, living out your word, bringing out your mercy, and the things that you, or the good works that you've already put before us. So we love you, we thank you, we pray God that you anoint this word, and anoint it sitting in our minds, Lord God, that for the enemy not to attack, that we protect it, guard it with everything that we have in this, Lord God. Nurture, uh, chew on it, chew on it, chew on it, spit out the bones if we have to, Lord God, and save for every uh, uh, good taste of your word that we can. In Jesus' name, everybody say Amen. 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 All right, so we're going to be talking about that. Social media will have tabs, right? Everything you can find, you can make up your own type of avatar almost on social media, right? You can just be anybody you want on social media, any type of group, right? And uh, sometimes you get people who infiltrate certain groups who just want to be in certain groups just to know, right? But a lot of times you'll see a lot of things within Christendom, social media, that will say, click on this, read this. Be a part of this. Subscribe to this. And there's a lot of things that can get lost in translation um, and has have has gotten lost in translation about what it truly means to not only live out a Christian life, but what it truly means to live out a disciple Christian life. Amen? Within Christendom, like sometimes things can get lost in translation. Things can get lost within church. Things can get lost within social media. A lot of people, um, I think they want to say, what, 68 or Churches were shut down last quarantine. 68% of, of people uh, uh, joined a religious group or uh, evangelical or whatever religious group during quarantine. That's scary to think of because Lord knows all the stuff that we have probably seen. Maybe you don't know, but all the stuff out there that is on social media does not project Christ. Amen? Amen. It does not. It does, it's just some things, it's just out, just out, just whack out, just straight up, uh, just heresy, uh, demonic almost, and then people mix scripture with it, people mix in politics with spirituality, and, and, and then, you know, there's some things to it, but not the way how sometimes people portray it or try to teach people, and you've got whole, uh, teachers out there of these, uh, misleadings, uh, of groups and, and spiritual groups, especially for young people, right? My my heart goes out for my, for my young folk over here, and I tell them all the time, be careful what you read, be careful what you click on, and ask questions if you see something 
that may not just be a little, that won't sit in the mind, right? Because there's a lot of things even on TikTok and Instagram where there are Christian influencers, right, that, that we have now, right, that they call, I don't know if you ever heard about it, uh, but there's influencers. Young people say amen. amen. All my youth kids, right, they know what the influence is, and if you are not sure, you could ask, ask your kid, they, they will tell you what an influencer is, right? That seems to be the, the thing that every, not everyone's trying to do, but the, the job and career choice that young people are trying to get into is being an influencer. But what is the true meaning of being an influencer? You influence, you're influencing one to do what? Whatever that they're doing. And so we, I, we try to pray and we try to uh, uh, try to figure out and, and you have to, and I tell them all the time, you have to learn how to dispel lies. You have to learn how to have conviction of yourself and learn that there's people who will mislead you and lead you astray. And it make it seem like it's right. Amen. And make it seem like it's Christianity. Amen? Amen. And I think that's the most scary thing about it. That even Paul was in the Bible. He was most he wasn't angered by just uh sinners, for lack of a better term, just people who uh, or unbelievers. He was more aggravated and more charged up about people who misled Christians who had a fake view of Christendom. Amen. He was very angry about that. And you can read about Ephesians through all of that. Like he was of unbelievers, he was always like, you know, what but he was more charged up and get angry anytime he saw someone get misleading or misled. And that's the same thing that we ought to have. Amen, church? We ought to get angry, right? For some if we see somebody being misled. Uh have you ever seen people getting scammed? Right? I I I, I, I mean I that's just um, phone scams and and everything has gotten out of control. And I think it's horrible that people do that, right? But it's almost like like a bully, almost. Like you're lying to someone, right? Which is why so many people do not like and despise car salesmen. Amen? You ever experience with a car salesman? Amen, right? You're old enough, young people, you'll get there, right? Y'all gonna be asking for cars? We gotta deal with that, amen? Right? We gotta sit there and negotiate. We gotta see if they're telling the truth. And look, I gotta go through all this trouble. Just to make sure what you're saying is correct. <laughs> Amen? It's the same that we got to do that. What you should tell me should be the truth. Right? We're done dealing with my money. I want you to make sure that this is the right decision. Amen? Um, but but to say, to talk about discipleship, um, there's just been a lot of things online. And sometimes a lot of misleading and sometimes uh, mischaracterizations of what Christ truly meant. But I'm going to go a little bit deep today. So strap in the seatbelts. Everyone just take the seatbelt and go like this. Click it in. Go click it. Strap it in. Going for a little ride, all right? My first point is going to be um, um, when you are a Christian, you have, um, just to talk about the military leading into our first point, which is where we're going to be at Matthew chapter 8. So hopefully you have your Bibles open and ready. I'm about to get ready to read that. But my first point, um, I would say, with the true mark of discipleship, is going to be the burden of conviction. Amen. The burden of conviction, if you want to put that up again, right? The burden of conviction. And we're going to learn what conviction uh, what conviction is. And so, um, what does it mean to be under conviction? Um, I think sometimes, uh, how would I explain it? Almost uh, describing it as one in your favorite piece of candy or favorite food. Almost like you can't... It, can't fight the urge, right? You are under conviction. But we're going to learn a little bit more. I'm going to read chapter 8, and hopefully I stay on path um, for what God would have revealed to us today. 
about one of the true marks of discipleship. Amen. I'm going to go, and it's going to be the faith of the centurion. You probably have read it. And I'm going to point out some things. I'm going to start in that verse 5. Chapter that verse 5. You there? Say amen. 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 Be one of the passages that we just leave you. Amen. <laughs> chapter 8. Oh, yeah. I'm coming from chapter 8, verse 5. ESV version. It says, when he had entered Capernaum, Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my serving is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come down. Jesus' words to him. I will come down and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word and my servant will be healed. This is the point I'm trying to make right here. Verse 9 highlighted. Write it down, underline it, make a note, whatever you got to do. But this is where I'm camping out at. For I, too, am a man under authority. That's where we're coming from. With soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, and to, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled. He, he was he was. Uh, uh, another word for the translation of marvel, um, almost like surprise. So it's almost weird to see because it's been a guy that's surprised. You know what I'm saying? It's almost uh, gets compared a synonym as to surprise, right? Um, uh, when when uh, when Jesus heard this, he was marvelled, surprised, and he said to those who followed him, turns around from the centurion and says, "Truly, I tell you, uh, with no one in Israel, Israel, his own chosen people." His children, no one out of my own people and Israel have I found such faith. Underline and circle that word faith, underline and circle that word authority. Um, that word authority, uh, you know, I'm going to be one of those little zealous theology students. I'm going to teach you some Greek today, amen. Take you back to school, amen. The Greek word right there that's used for that word authority is going to be ex. Usia. Everyone say X. Usia. Put it together. Exousia. Right? That is the Greek word used there under that authority. We only see that word twice, three times, and it's used on like a feminine, uh, uh, to describe uh, a feminine um, uh, uh, description of like almost a woman being bound to her husband. So Paul used the same word within the Greek to explain that. Woman, you're bound to your husband, and husband, you're bound to, to your wife, right? Um, but another, well, in that same way, looking up that word in the lexicon logos, right, he also says the, the, the perfect word description, it means to be underweight. It means to be underweight. Amen. Everyone say underweight, right? As if to say like something's heavy. Have you ever had tried to pick up something heavy? Right? And it almost, you ever fall over grabbing it or picking it up? Weightlifters, all my men that work out say, hoorah! Right? Leave me alone. Hoorah! Come on, man. Come on, man. Right? But if you're trying to work out, have you ever picked up something like something's heavy? Like you can, you can feel it. Like you can't really escape from it. And so he's describing uh, being at, under exousia, right? Being underweight. Almost to the point where like I can't shake it. Like I can't, I can't 
get it off me. I can't move it. I can't do anything with it because it's weighty, like it's heavy. And so it sticks with me. And so what he's trying to, what, what Jesus is pointing out, that this man has a perfect, uh, a perfect understanding of understanding the hierarchy of authority, of authority, right? And so people, military men would also, you understand that when the general or anyone else comes through and he says, at ease, you do what? At ease. <laughs> he said, make up, make up your bed. What do you do? You make up your bed. Disassemble your weapon. Disassemble your, put your weapon again. You do it again. Anything he orders you to do, you do it and you follow it. Not because this person is just a regular person, but because this person is underweight. He's under exosia, right? There's an authority and hierarchy he understands. So he asked, so the Jesus is okay with the centurion comparing himself to Jesus. I'm saying that again. Jesus is okay with this man comparing himself to himself. And even says, I've never seen a faith like this. Right? We would say, how dare you compare yourself? Israel, right, the Pharisees, I would say, how dare you compare yourself? But Jesus actually says, this man right here knows what he's talking about. Right? Because one, he's positioned under authority. So his vocation, his job, the centurion, was able to give insight to who Christ truly, how, how Christ truly operates. May not be understanding who, who he is, but he understands how Jesus operates. Because Jesus always said, I come not in my own name, but the name of the... Right? Jesus always said, I come in the name of my Father, Exousia, underweight, right? I'm coming, I'm not in my own name. My own name don't hold power, but my father's name holds power. And so when he says something, I do it. When he tells me to go somewhere, I go. He tells me to sit, I sit. He tells me to stop, I stop. Do you understand what I'm saying? So uh, as the mark, the true mark of discipleship, I would say number one is, are you under conviction? Are you under exosia? Are you underweight? Right? This, this, that means in our, in our speech, in the way, and that's just how we act, right? Because we, we know how to put on a show. Amen? We know how to put on some masks. Don't, don't lie to me. Amen? I don't see no hands. I said, amen. You would be loud and be loud. Because we know how to fake it until we make it. We know how to get through. And we get home and we get in our car and we go alone with the real us come out. Wigs come off. Amen? Makeup rubs off. <laughs> Belt gets on loose, amen. <laughs> right? Right? But but because we are un we, we are we are convicted, church, that means we don't talk the way the world talks. We don't get into quarrels. Military men are not allowed to get into little civilian quarrels, amen? You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. So why do we think as Christians and as disciples that we that's what we originally are. We didn't get called Christians until unbelievers started calling us Christians. We were disciples, the true people of God, Israel. The chosen, the children. Children of God. If you're a child of God, you are under his authority. You are under his weight. You are under the weight of your father. Children, teenagers, you are under the weight of your parents. They understand that. Take out the trash. What you going to do? Take out the trash. Now you can choose not to. But when I get home and that trash is taken out, it's going to be trouble. <laughs> Amen? There's consequences to not following orders, isn't it? Why do we think as adults, as Christians, 
that God would somehow uh, uh, allow us to do and say what we want when he gave us an order. Why, <laughs> why would we think that we have an exception? You ever think about that? Right? God is our Father. We are underweight. We are under exousia. So when He tells us to do something, you do it. Regardless of how you feel. When we tell our children to do something, we say, You better, you do it. Why? What you asking why for? <laughs> I wish I would ask my mother why. I only did it very few times. I stopped after a while. That's smart. You ask her why for? Do what I'm telling you to do. Why? Because it's good for you. Because as a good parent, I, I will never lead you to death. I will always lead you to life. Amen? I will always lead you to life. I will always lead you to do the wise thing. The, the, I, will, I will never lead you in a place that will harm you. If you trust me and trust my weight and my authority, I promise it will bless you. It will lead you to life. Believe in me. Stay in the vine. All these convicting words that Jesus used throughout the Bible, right? What, throughout Genesis. Don't eat from the tree, Adam. What did they do? Hey, listen. You can have every tree in this garden. Just don't touch that one. Okay, God. 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 Now I got you. I promise you, Jesus leads what they do. Well, y'all don't eat from the fruit, you know? No, she did it. <laughs> she did it, technically. I mean, I didn't, I was there, but I wasn't. <laughs> nah, bro. You disobeyed. You didn't listen to the order. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't understand the weight. Understand the weight that you were under. All these people fighting. All the ugliness that was on social media about Trump and Biden. It's ugly. Why would you join in that? Why would you join in that? And then people had the nerve to say, and, and, and almost like cuss but not cuss. As a Christian, you know how to say what you mean. Really ugly but not really cuss. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you know how to, you, we know how to be. Church, amen. And everybody say amen. We know how to get ugly without getting ugly. And you see people making comments about, about, about God's creation. I really had to stop myself. I really had to stop myself from even saying, you know what, this world going to, she's my, she's my, but this world's going to hell in the handbasket. I had to stop myself from saying that because there's glory in the earth. Right? Does the Bible not say everything in the earth and every man will, 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 will speak its name and praise its name? Why would I sit there and, and say, why would I sit there and say something about God's creation like that? I had to stop myself from saying, I really do have to stop. Because you don't understand what you're doing to your mind. Because once you start putting that stuff in your mind, you start acting like it. You start, you start putting, well, all this is going to hell and all these sinners, and you start not caring. And Jesus doesn't give you an excuse to not care. He says, no, 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 that troubled place that, you're, that you so or don't like, I'm telling you to go there and talk to them people. And we don't want to. Amen? Having a conversation with somebody who voted for Biden. Oh, Lord, God forbid. Having a conversation who voted for Trump. Oh, Lord, God. And it was on both sides. And it was people just ready to up in arms. Ugly people losing their lives. And then we had so-called people who were Christians. 
pastors there at riots and, and what are you doing? You are a man under authority. We are a person under conviction. Don't care who you voted for. You think you're going to get a badge for that when we go to heaven? No. No. Did you do what I said, son? Did you do what I said? Did you do what I said, daughter? Did you understand exosia? Did you understand my way? You are a person of conviction. You don't talk like they do. You don't act like they do. Why? Not because you just don't do it, but because it's not how he orders you to act and talk. Amen. That's not what he tells you to do. He tells you to come and be the salt. To be a light. He told us to come in and be the light. Be the answer to the problems. Don't go in and join it. And we go in and we join the problems. We just, we so mad and take up at it. We start losing sight of what really matters. His word matters. What he thinks matters. That's what's difficult for understanding military men. I have to follow, even if I disagree with the person in charge, even if I disagree with the order, even if I, there, were, there are people who I've met who have went to missions, disagree. I don't want to go on this mission, but because I'm under authority, I got to go. So they go and they tell the squads in the platoon, listen, we got, we got mission XYZ from the big man upstairs. No questions asked. We go. We go. Rescue missions, we go. Red zones, we go. Front line, you go. Why? Because you understand I'm under authority. So we do the same, church. We do the same for Christ. We do the same. We do things different. We operate different, right? We talk with life when someone does something mean to us, right? That's what he says. Heat burning coals upon his head. Don't return evil for evil. That's what his word says. And it's hard to do that because we have feelings attached. But that's the burden of conviction. That's the burden of discipleship. I'm a disciple, so I, 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 I disown. That's why the Bible talks about killing the flesh, laying, the rest, uh, laying to rest of the flesh so that I can obey. That's why Paul says literally when he talked about beating himself Physically beating himself and to, to make the flesh under submission to what Christ to what Christ was telling him to do. He literally had to do that sometimes because he understood the way. Paul didn't want to deal with none of that. Paul killed Christians. Now he got to teach them. Who would have thought? And then sent them into that territory. And he Paul says, I had to beat myself, whip myself. Train myself into submission because I'm underweight. Amen? Right, we do things differently. We don't cheat on taxes. We don't get into little quarrels. We don't just, we're not ugly and talk ugly to our spouses. We don't talk ugly to our children. We don't do that. We speak life to each other because God speaks life to us. Amen? No matter how difficult. No matter how difficult. If we are teenagers under authority, what do we do? In school, everyone's there talking about different pronouns and him and I'm a this and I'm a that. You know what you do? No, no, no. It's he and she. It's Adam and Eve. Sorry. I'm sorry. Well, what was she talking about? You know what that now is this whole thing with you being disowned and being canceled because you don't want to. No, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't believe in that. 
Why? Because your parents, because you go to church. No, no, no. Because I'm under conviction. Ain't got nothing to do with my parents. Ain't got nothing to do with me going to church. I'm under a personal, live, and active relationship with Christ. Where he personally, actively, by the second, convicts me to say, to say and do the truth. I, so I don't, do, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. I don't do that. All types of things were in the comment section and pages to, to uh, petitions to have people commit suicide. You wouldn't believe the stuff these kids doing. They know what's going on. Y'all know what's going on, right? Right? Tell the truth, shame the devil. They see it every day. It is a choice. No, I'm gonna speak. I'm not just gonna not say nothing. I'm gonna, you, ever, you ever have conversations and somebody say something? And you have like a, it may, it may be a friend, like maybe an unbeliever or a coworker or a boss, Lord have mercy. And they were there talking about this. Yeah, you know, because we got to be accepting to all and we encourage, you know, same sex and we encourage, we, you know, we encourage, you know, my son to be whatever he wants you to be. And you just sitting there like, I, I should say it. <laughs> I should say it, but I can't. If I get fired, Lord, <laughs> and you, the whole time, the Holy Spirit probably you. You better say it. You, hey, you, hey. Say it. Don't tell me the truth. Tell me the truth because you, because you, well, I wouldn't want to see you walk into a, tra- a highway. We see people literally walking in a danger and sometimes we don't say anything. But let it be something that upsets us. We quick to, we quick to say something. Right? Let, let it something that bothers me personally. We are a community of God. We stick together. Military men stick together, amen? amen. I don't care where you're from, what color you are. Get my six. Amen? amen. You better have my six when it's missing time. I don't care where you're from. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. We are still under the same weight. We are brothers and sisters in Exosia, right? We are under the same authority. So we walk the same. That's why, brother, we walk in uniform. That's why the big, what's up with the, no, no, no. Not a, not a thread off that uniform. That's not code, right? You know, no. When you stand, you stand like this. You walk, why so, so much detail to something so simple? Because we all in uniform together. And when one person's out of step, we all out of step. When one person is out of order, we all out of order. Which is why people have looked at the church so horribly. Why people don't want to come. We wonder why people are so upset with us, so disgusted with us. We know exactly why, and we don't blame them, do we? Do we? Tell the truth. We don't blame them, because we know how other people get in the church. Talking about church. Amen? Amen, praise God. You hear me, sister? You hear me, mom? <laughs> mom, good. All right. All right. Right, we know how people get. Oh, that's not how we act. That's not That's not what we do. That's not what we do. And then let me get to the next point. I'm about to, how much time I got left? None? I'm not hungry yet. <laughs> let me hurry up. All right. The burden of, sacri- the burden of conviction. Uh, Christ responds, no one greater than faith. Uh, that word, Greek faith, uh, uh, Greek word in faith is piston, right? Uh, which means um, actually uh, meaning the, the leaning of God. It actually means the leaning of God, that word he used in faith. So it's not just the same. Not all words are translated the same in the Bible. Some are in Greek, some Hebrew, and so you fix 
study which one means this way because it really can illuminate some things when you understand that. Not every time they use the word faith, it's used in the same way. Amen? It's not the same. So a lot of times it's good to just understand what what preface what preference they were using when they used these type of words, right? So that's just good to have. Number two, the burden of need. I mean, do I, the burden of need. A disciple, a true disciple has the burden of need. What do I mean? Are there needs in our community, church? Yes. Are there needs in our neighborhood, church? Yes. Is it needs in our in our workplace, church? Yes. Is it need, are there needs in our country, church? Yes. Is there needs in our government, church? Yes. I could go on and on, can I? <coughs> Too many. Too many. Too many. I'll give you one for Kansas City. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Kansas City, right here. Boom. Update. Uh, update right here. Here, here we go. Matt Mars, a native of Kansas City and its uh, Sin, city, uh, Sin City missionary, says despite the city's rural heartland image, it has a growing, a growing urban core that looks like many other big North American cities. Big businesses have set up so Kansas City. Big businesses have set up camp in our metro area, and they include Hallmark, H&R Block, Russell Silver Candy, and, and, and Garmin. And though in years the past majority of residents were native-born, now foreign-born residents make up close to six percent of the population. That number is on the rise. A recent Wyandotte County, Kansas City, Kansas ethnic festival drew locals from more than sixty nations. While much of the growth is good, it has come with the many, many of the problems associated with the large urban cities. According to CNN Money, the cities, Kansas City, murder rate ranks ninth among big cities and tenth in crime index. And the Kansas City Star reported the city has become a, a hub for sex trafficking. Lord. Kansas City needs Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Only 20%, only 20.1% of residents in the metro area claim to be evangelical. Less than half the percentage of southern states, southern churches have been on the mission of the Missouri side of Kansas since the city's founding shortly before the Civil War. But today, the metro, the metro area has only one church for every 7,587 residents. I keep going, can I? I can go right here. I can look up 64138 area code. All types of stuff, domestic violence, shortage of food, shortage of bus rides. We got too many of these church to be getting caught up in civilian issues. Amen. That's why the Bible says we don't store up our treasure here. We store up our treasure where? Yes. <coughs> this ain't where you're from. How much time I got left, Liz? Okay. <clears throat> I'll go, I'll keep you here, amen. I'll, <laughs> I'll go all back to speech on y'all. <laughs> Get the sweat rag up here. <laughs> Amen. Right? This is the truest mark of a disciple has a burden of need always in their mind. You always think about the need and where you can help. Always. That's why Paul said in, 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 in the scripture, Lord, give me holy ambition, lest I build on another man's ministry. When he was saying that when somebody already didn't work there, I look to see what needs where there's nobody and I plug it in. I look to see where there's no church and I plug it in. I look to see where there's no, no missionary, I plug it in. I look to see where there's no one serving the, the, the hungry, I plug in. I look to see if anyone uh foster kids, we open our homes. <laughs> Some of us are well unable to, and we didn't even have a, th a thought about it. 
It's too much going on with foster kids. It's too much going on. I don't even, we all know what's going on. Yeah. These kids that need adopting. And we are able to. We're able to. I got four. I don't want no more. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. If I have another one, I'm going to lose all my hair. It's going to hurt. <laughs> I'm going to lose whatever I got left. But you know what God can say? Tom, you can do, do one more time. Tom, open, open. If someone, if, if there's a need there, you open. You open. You open. Who, who's going to say no to the beggar? So Jesus said, yeah, I mean, we don't say no. We don't do that. We don't, we're not, we don't do that. We stay open, amen? If there's a need in my neighbor, I know my neighbor going through stuff. You see it all the time. Arguments you can hear from across the world. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Stuff being thrown out the window. Lord, what was going on over there? We need no, amen, listen. We need no nosy neighbors. I'm petitioning for no, bring back nosy neighbors, amen? <laughs> my mom, I was, I got nosiness from my mom. My mom used to say, go over there and go see what's happening. Go ask for some sugar. <laughs> what you ask for some? Boy, go over there. You ask him why? Oh, no, no, ma'am. Go over there and ask for some sugar. You go see what's going on in that household and make sure everything okay. Hey, I just wonder, hey, everything okay here? No, yeah, we fine. I don't, don't look fine. Be nosy. We got too much stuff. We got people left on stranded on the highways. We got people left stranded. We get people, divorces happening left and right in our own friend circles, and we don't even know what's going on. You talk to that person every day, all of a sudden the divorce was, I never knew. Why not? Ask the question. What are we being scared of? We underweight, ain't we? I'm not ashamed of it. We all go through problems. Is anybody perfect in here? Oh, amen. Praise God. Anybody perfect in here? We all got problems. Might as well just share it. <laughs> Might as well just gonna be honest. We got to fix it. We have to. We're a community. We're a family underway. And then we talk people to life again, right? Y'all let me know if I'm going over. My good? Check some keys or something. All right. There we go. Thank you, sister, in the back. Praise God. Amen. But Isaiah chapter 61, what is it? Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 says, you can hop to it. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind to, to uh, me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the opening of the prison to them that are bound. We're called to set people free, amen. God anoints you to set people free. God just don't anoint you for nothing. What I'm anoint you for? If you ain't using it, amen. We keep asking God to fill us up, fill us up. He's like, okay, what you using it for? Where's all this filling up going? You gotta put it, we gotta put it somewhere, church, and then we gotta keep doing it. We gotta keep doing it. Don't, and if we've been doing it for years, guess what? The Bible says I got an answer for that. Don't grow weary in doing good, church. Even though we may not see the return right away, the next generation might see it. But don't stop. We don't stop giving. We don't stop sacrificing. We don't stop preaching. We don't stop praying. We keep going with each other, right? We keep doing it. We don't stop. We don't grow weary of that. We can't do that. We don't, we don't have an order to quit. <laughs> Amen? He didn't give us that order. Finish the mission and make it home. Amen? Make it home. That's what the Father says. Right? Make it home. The Bible says that he waits for us to do. He waits for
for us to do communion with us because we ain't all there. Jesus is literally waiting at the welcome table for us to do communion with him, church. Amen? Because you're like love. He's waiting for us to make it home. Trust me. Trust him. He wants you to make it home. Amen? We keep going. We don't stop. We don't stop. We can't. As much as it hurts, we, we, we can't stop. Which leads me to the next part. Our next point, which is going to be the burden of sacrifice. Amen? The true market of the disciple has the burden of sacrifice uh, slash pain. Uh, that's that's our, our things, our feelings, and our emotions. This all ties together. Right? I sacrifice how I feel for the betterment of his kingdom. Amen? For the betterment of the weight, for the exosia. I sacrifice how I feel. I sacrifice that. I sacrifice people coming into my home as much as I'm an introvert. Amen? As much as I don't like people as much. Amen? Some of us don't like people sometimes. We can be honest. Amen? Y'all be here loud in this Baptist church. <laughs> Says, really? The devil said, Well, let me go try him. The Lord grants 
uh, the devil to go and wreak havoc on his own family. Sickness, and then eventually lose everyone in his family except for his wife. So this is where Job at. Now, throughout all these chapters of Job, this is only chapter 38, <clears throat> throughout all the other chapters from the beginning, his wife is trying to get Job to curse him, God. His wife is trying to do it, right? Throughout all the rest of the chapters are uh, his friends coming to him, right? Trying to trying to figure out, Job, you somehow in some way dishonor God because he because the, the friends' perspective was is God would not bring wrath upon a person who is not due upon. In other words, God's not just going to throw wrath on throw wrath on anyone He chooses. He's going to throw wrath on a person who deserves it. His friends couldn't get over that. So they kept, and Job was constantly saying his innocence. No, I haven't done anything, right? Throughout all the chapters of Job, that's what Job's doing. No, I haven't done anything, Lord, answer me. Lord, I haven't done that, Lord, answer me. His friends is coming at him hard. Job, you did something. You wouldn't just lose your family for nothing. Job, you, I'm, I'm prefacing it in, in, in a way, but you can read also. But that's the summary of it is they're telling you, you had to do something to cause the wrath of God upon you. And so Job is getting to a point where the last chapter, he's exasperated. He just, he, at this point, he's just like, y'all, just stop. Y'all just shut your mouth, please. He's tired of giving answers that he don't have. So he's constantly coming to God, asking, Lord, why? Lord, why? 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 Constantly. So now we get in verse 38, and, and uh, he gets what he, what he's questioning. The Lord answers him. I'm going to try to hurry up. I'm not going to read all of it. But the Lord answers Job. Then the Lord answered Job out the whirlwind and said, Who is this that the darkness counseled by, uh, by words without knowledge? Dress for action. In other words, gird up like a man, gird up your loins. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Now the Lord's saying, Job, I'm going to question you since you got so many questions for me. <laughs> right? He goes, he goes where, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined the measurements? Surely you know. Who stretched the line upon it? On what were the bases sunk? Who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, who shut in the sea doors? Uh, when I made the clouds and garment and thickness, swaddling bands, prescribed limits, and set the bars and doors, and said, Thus far you shall come, and no further shall you hear uh, uh, proud ways by state. Have you commanded the morning? He's going through all creation. And he's saying, Job, were you there at any point? And you know what Job's response was? God bless his heart. Because I put my hand over my mouth. And Lord, I'm going to say two things. I already spoke too much. I'm going to say two things, and that's it. He said, I already spoke too much. I already spoke too much. Job answers him, right? Job answered the Lord, behold, I'm unfaithful. Verse 4, behold, I'm, 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 verse chapter 40, chapter 40, verse 3. And Job answered the Lord and said, behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I shut up. I've spoken once and I will not answer the Lord continues on responding to him, responding to him, responding to him. And so he comes out one last time. Verse chapter 41, right? Uh, he says, um, the Lord times with Job. Uh, is there in it? I've spoken once and I've spoken too much. Go back to 38. And he says, Can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions? Or when they crouch in the den and you lie awake in the thicket, who provides for the raven its prey when its young cry for God to help and 
like God. But in other words, Job says, I'm done. Right? He says, I'm just done speaking. Even when he's lost his family. Lord responds and says, where were you when I made the creation? He doesn't have a response. I'm finished here. Go pray. And he didn't to do that. Uh, the entire time he's pleading. And so he has a, a second word. But he understands, I'm of small account. But that doesn't mean that there's no value to you. Because you're creating this image, there's value to you. Right? He's not saying I'm of small account where I'm, I'm less than. Right? He's not suffering from this false humility. Well, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. God can do whatever. No, it's not what he's saying. He's saying, Lord, and at the end of the day, I'm understanding hierarchy. And I understand where I'm at. Thank you for putting me in my place. It's not that I'm not valued. It's just that I stepped out of place. It's what Job's response was, right? And then well, we know the rest, God blesses them. But uh, this is one of the... Uh, uh, quotes from the book that I've read from years ago, and I, I'm going to recommend this book to you, but just prepare yourself because it's extremely challenging. It's a, a book called uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and it's, the name of the book is The Cause of Discipleship. And I'm going to read you this quote from the end. <clears throat> the Diedrich says, but discipleship never consists in this or that. This, not in this or that specific action. It is always a decision, either for or against Jesus. Christ speaks to us exactly as he's spoken to them. It was not as though they first recognized him as the Christ and then received his command. They believed his word and command and recognized him as the Christ in that order. Now I'm trying to, I'm trying to read that again, right? They believed it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was not that, though they first recognized him as the Christ and then received his command. He says they believed his word first and command and recognized him as Christ in that order. It's all about saying in order, church. That's it. Yeah. And that book is The Cost of Discipleship by Egypt Bonhoeffer. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your word, Lord. God, we all have small account. Not that we're worthless, Lord God, but there's value to us because you come and you died for us at the end of the day. You're created in your image. We are your people. You're adopted. You're chosen. So we thank you, Lord God, and we pray, Lord God, as we deal with this, as we deal with the XOC, as we deal with the weight, as we deal with the burden of, of conviction and of need and of, and of sacrifice and pain, God, would you be my true refuge, Lord God? Would you help me and aid me in my ignorance, Lord God, and beckon me, Lord God, to have not contentment in my things or have contentment in my, in my feelings or with my children or with anything else outside of you. Help me have true 100% contentment in you and you alone. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for your word. God, teach us, help us, speak to us, share your heart with us, Lord God. And be gracious to us in our ignorance and in our shortcomings, Lord God. For though you offer redemption through your through the cross, through your son, who, who came in order under your name, Lord God, our big brother Jesus, Lord, giving us an example of falling into order and being under weight and being under authority and understanding the mission, understanding that we ought to make it home at all accounts, God. So we thank you, Lord God. Help us to not get caught up here. 
Help us to not get in uh, any type of civilian, Lord God, uh, issues, Lord God. But help us yet be the answer to it. Help us be the salt to it. Help us be the light to it, Lord God. To continue to set captives free. Anoint us and fill us up so that we can be used over and over and over and over and over again, Lord God. No matter how it pains us, Lord. Be with us and strengthen us and encourage us. In Jesus' name, everybody say Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. I went. A couple minutes over, guys. All right.